Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Ball Bags podcast. Delighted to be joined. It's a a very reoccurring trend, just myself and the chief. How are you, my fine sir? I'm great, Sasquatch. Delighted to be delighted to be on again. Um yeah, definitely those other two members have disappeared into the yeah. wilderness. <laughs> but um, all good. And spring has sprung. So Yeah, we're amalgamating into one person <laughs> on Bridget's day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, tried and tested formula. So Last week's player of the week, agree, disagree, and then obviously the must-watch TV for this weekend, which looked it's a good weekend. It's a shame there's not more of us on to kind of highlight more games going on this weekend. There's a few humdingers, but uh, without much further ado, when I'm gonna kick on into it, and as has been the norm this season because it's just been me and you, I've always given you the lead each topic. So last week's player of the week and why? So I've gone a slightly different approach this week. I've I've gone for the Ireland women's sevens team. Setting uh, has, to be, has to be a player, unfortunately. Well, so no, no, joke. Um, no joke. Um, yeah, I just think like obviously their first championship win. It's uh, history makers, and you know they're they're trending in the right direction uh, towards the Olympics. Like they've had they've had what well, I think this is the third tournament of the year or something. Like they've been. There, thereabouts. Um, they got the win in Australia, obviously. So huge, huge for them. And I suppose shout out to the men as well. Picked up a bronze. Um, it's uh, positive times for the sevens program for Ireland. Yeah, look, credit where it's due. Um, years ago, the sevens program was non-existent. So how far they've come in a short period of time? It's a phenomenal testament to the work being done by there. If you. Um, and it's it's brilliant to see and hopefully look this does what a sevens program is unfortunately supposed to really do and and prop up the 15 aside code and maybe get those people who aren't from a more traditional background involved mm. in the 15s game and look you're always going to have your specialists like if if the transition was that easy Ben Gollings would have probably been, been the best yeah, he's a player of all time, given his record at sevens. <coughs> I get it; it is a specialist sport, but it still does pave the way. And for the women in particular, you kind of be looking at a mead woman and Vicky mm. Wall as kind of potential yeah. there. But look, yeah, no, very, very good shout. Um, great to see. Mine was probably low hanging fruit. To be fair, had to pick. Uh, decided to pick someone from the AFC and NFC Championship game. AFC one was probably more a failing on the Ravens part as opposed to an spectacular from the Chiefs. Don't get me wrong, defence was unbelievable, but it has been a limited mm. offence this season. And I kind of just maybe talk Christian McCaffrey, more so everything he's done this year. Two touchdowns, could have gone Debo. He got it in last season, I thought. McCaffrey probably deserves mm. it this week. So I've nominated him. But I'll leave the deciding factor with yourself. Yeah. Great shout to include the women's sevens, and I'm easy going, the, by the way. 
I think of of the 49ers players, yeah, Debo and McCaffrey probably are the, the standout pretty much for the season as well. Like, that's take nothing from Brock Purdy. Like it's from Mr. Irrelevant to the Super Bowl is uh, a fairy tale story in itself. But um, look, I tend to always go rugby centric. So I'll give it to Christian McCaffrey because it was the NFC Championship game. I was very happy to give it to the women. Uh, you might you might get labelled from the media as sexist punditry, but look, I'll take the win when I get it. <laughs> Pushing on to agree to disagree and moving on from the obvious uh, sexual infraction there from the chief. We uh, What's your point this week? So I'm looking at the Premier League um, last January. Premier League clubs spent a whopping seven hundred and eighty million in the January transfer window, and as of about ten o'clock on the first of February, there was only a fifty million spend in in this window, with obviously deals to get over the line and stuff tonight. Um, so my point is, is this a sign of stricter enforcement or? maybe not enforcement, but following of the financial fair play rules or are clubs being shrewder with their business and waiting for the summer window? I think there's a multitude of factors in this. Um, the first one and maybe not one to be overlooked is the international mm-hmm. football in Canada. So last January was in the back of a World Cup. Transfer windows after a major tournament yeah. are always bigger you couple that with the fact we've an African Cup of Nations going on at the minute it kind of ruled out African players you probably had the big transfer spend last January on the back of the World Cup and then in the element too and that I I just don't think there is the Quality player there. there Yeah, if that makes sense it's, it's real strange there's no slam dunk move and look as an Arsenal fan I'm crying out for a striker but yeah, so Who someone like Ivan striker? Tony is probably a player that could do well at like both United and Arsenal. Like so, the two teams we obviously support. It's like I think someone like Tony, mm. he's a proven scorer in the Premier League. He'd probably bet himself on getting twenty plus a season anyway. But um, he's he's someone that could probably improve the goal scoring threat at like both of those clubs and a multitude of other Premier League clubs. I so I, I agree with the concept. I just think the way the Premier League has now been managed, particularly with the the kind of intellectual thinking of particularly European managers, they want players mm. that are gonna fit their system. And I don't see say an Ivan Tony fitting Arsenal's current system. So mm. that would mean a change of system halfway through a season. That's happen, that's yeah. not likely to happen. For United, they have spent big in the summer yeah. on Rasmus Hyland. Has it worked out? No. You're going to really sacrifice him. Mm. He has shown promise. Are you going to throw him to the wolves after half a season? I don't think that's going to happen either. So you can see the logic for Tony not... That, yeah. that transfer not coming in this window. Not saying it won't happen in the summer. Then after that, then who is the striker? that people are clamouring for. I, I don't see it out there. 
currently, and that's the way mm. kind of systems are being played in football right now. It's we've kind of been too long away from four four two, where sides have two out and out strikers. Like that's just not been the norm for a decade plus. A decade exactly, plus. Yeah. So you bring that in, you bring in international football, and then everything's just so far gone analytics-wise. They'll look at it and go, like, name the last big splash signing in January that mm. changed the course of a season. Didn't happen. So unless there's a player there that's like six months left in his contract and he's under pre- the club, yeah. he's not really wanting to sign... The club's like, we sell him now or he goes in the free. I don't think this whole big sign is going to happen. That being said, it's an incredible drop. And there's yeah. obviously more factors in it than the ones I've lifted, list, listed out. Um, it's it's not just a Premier League problem. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it seems to be a football problem. Like, it, uh, you look at some of the signings that have gone to the Bundesliga and stuff. Loan signings, obviously... Sancho to back to Dortmund and stuff. That's more of a United pushing him out the door than you know. It's a solution to that problem there. Um, but uh, Dyer going to uh Bayern and stuff like that. And you know, like there was players like Kieran Trippier tipped to possibly follow suit and stuff like. But all a lot of loan deals. You know, not not permanent deals. So mm. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it it maybe it is uh either a lack of quality or tightening of the strings in general just that you know not 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 and to spend and stupid money on potentially bad signings yeah and there's also <clears throat> an element too of if there's not a lot of deals going on like clubs are very conscious about not getting stung so like if a club sells a player for a lot of money they know as soon as they go yeah. to bid on someone else that price goes up by 10% and I think in the absence of a market, anyone that wanted to dip their toe and get involved, I think that price would go mm. because the transfers are just not happening. So, if you were, if you, say for example, someone did come in looking for Tony, well, who else am I going to get to replace him? So that price has gone up. There is no. Yeah, there was no momentum built in the transfer market yeah, to warrant yeah, yeah. future yeah. transfers. If that makes any sort of semblance of sense, so could be, and it could be the fact people are still what's going to happen. The city, what's going to like, like there's yeah more more charges against Everton and top. charges against Forest. Like it's exactly like what's going to happen there. The city won, like that'll go through the courts and drag on for years before it will ever get resolves or it'll be an out of court settlement yeah. or whatever and but it's what are the knock on effects yeah. of that like you know so it's yeah. uh, one to ponder and to look forward to maybe a, hopefully a busy summer transfer window hopefully yeah um, and it's, it's just one of those ones I, I think you'd struggle to stick your nail mm. on the mast and go that is the definitive reason yeah. why it's been so low. Um, but yeah, moving on. Mine's it's somewhat adjacent, to be fair. Um, you're talking about FFP and the sides involved. But it was reported yesterday 
via the Telegraph in the UK that the Saudi PIF that has Aplin stake in Newcastle and has multitude of other investments worldwide in the world of sport has made an approach to buy a stake. It's not. I don't think it's a it's a controlling stake, but it's a stake nonetheless in Leicester, Gloucester, Northampton, and Newcastle. Who look park Newcastle for a second and not to be disrespectful. Leicester, Gloucester, Northampton are your bread yeah. and butter English rugby clubs. It covers, <clears throat> I suppose, naming rights on stadia as well as an attempt to introduce high performance yeah. training camps in Saudi for underage players right through to your preseason training campus in Saudi. And it's looking for a combined their their offer is a combined sixty million spread over the four clubs. I, there was no kind of percentage breakdown. But it, it got me kind of thinking and just whatever that's gone on in the Gallagher Premiership in the last three years especially one is there any sport that's safe from this kind of what appears to be an uncontrolled kind of mauling of sport as we know it by Saudi Arabia and the second thing is like it kind of seems like they're helping yeah. the clubs that didn't need to be helped um, to me I know the f- finances of rugby is nowhere near what it is for football but to me 60 million investment across four clubs even if you break it down evenly it's only 15 million it doesn't seem like to have to have that name and rights and stadiums. To me, it 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 doesn't seem worthwhile to get that. Like, <clears throat> possibly you could, you know, you won't get fan generated revenue to up to that level. Like you know, like if you got fan um, interest in like having a percentage of the club and stuff like that. But there's usually there's local businesses that you know guys that have done really well like you look at Exeter and stuff it's you know that will pump a bit of money into the clubs and stuff okay the 60 million might lead on but it's with with the money that they have to throw around the world like you look at what they're doing with the golf um, the like the figures in that is ridiculous and uh then obviously they're controlling interest in so many football clubs as well. Like it's it just it it's like oh yeah we'll we'll buy we'll buy a chance to develop the sport here, but it's like at what cost to the actual hotbeds of rugby is it going to be? I I kind of sit kind of in two way two minds. Okay, so. The naming rights I actually don't care about. And mm. I know it's quite topical in this country right now about naming rights. But it's been proven over longitudinal studies on naming rights in sports and other other I think arts was included as well. Unfortunately, whatever name the stadium is given originally yeah, of course. tends to stick. So naming rights tend to be a bit of a a joke really in that for example, Reading FC. Uh, well, what the last name I knew it was the Medeski or Medeski Stadium, wasn't it? I don't know what it is now. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's officially been yeah. called the Medeski Stadium since two thousand six. But everyone will remember it yeah. because of the glory years. Was the Medeski Stadium? 
in the same way yeah, whatever you call it it's cleave, it's always super value now cleave. but yeah and it'll always be well for the road <clears throat> and it'll always be Gloucester's mm. name escapes me but it'll always be Franklin Gardens like that's the lesson I'm worried about the, the more I'm worried the thing I'm worried about is look they've had a positive impact in football to be to be brutally honest in terms of what they've done for the city of Manchester mm. it's actually exception what they've done on the ground I understand sports washing and kind of the whole concept of it's mm-hmm. ultimately somewhat evil money no more ev- evil really than the oligarch money that we didn't really have that much of an issue with but what happens if we give up all our ownership of sport to this Saudi PAF? Because it's already kind of taken over golf. And football. It's already like heavily embedded in football. And and boxing Could actually be as well. Like embedded you look at the amount now. of big fight nights that have taken place yeah. in Saudi Arabia over the last two to three years. It's, you know, like Anthony Joshua, I think, has fought there three times, Fury twice or whatever. It's like, there really are like getting their fingers in all the sports pies like and getting you know exactly. I, maybe maybe it's a way to try and gloss over some of the historical evilness of the country or whatever that like yeah do you know like but so what is sports washing I don't know I just think if you if, if you're going to invest go big or go home <laughs> Um, you know, it's like, yeah, it's a strange one. Like the name and rights, are, like yeah, I, as you say, the name will never like the sports ground is now the Dexcom Stadium or something, and uh, Musgrave Park is Virgin Media Park. Uh, but like it's not, everyone is still going. Oh yeah, I'll see you in Musgrave on Sunday, or I'll uh, see you in the sports ground next week. You know, um, it's. Mm. It just it doesn't matter what name's on it, I suppose it's the source of the money, and you know that kind of is the issue, I suppose. But the other side is, uh, I think is it Qatar have uh, a stake in the URC, the sponsor of all the referees and the yeah, mm. so like and that's like Qatar that's money as well, like and stuff, you know. So it's already yeah. in rugby, so. I suppose it's good for the clubs in question, um, f- but again, they're they're not the ones struggling. So, um, yeah. I suppose like another side is unusual to have a stake in four clubs in the same league. So, like, what's the like the fair fair play rules? Like, not the financial side of it. Like you know, like competition um, r- rules of it. That's mm. an element too where there's a bit of a loophole. So could have a very interesting incident at the end of this season in which uh, Girona, who mm. are flying high in La Liga, are owned by the City Group. So they qualify for the Champions League and City obviously qualify for the Champions League. Technically speaking, only one of those Two sides owners. can win to the Champions or, League. You yeah, can't have... Is that two sides with the same owner yeah we did we did experience it previously yes that's with that's uh, Orby Salzburg of, yeah. and Orby Leipzig 
and Leipzig were due to not make it because mm-hmm. Salzburg were domestic champions. So, uh, Leipzig were obviously finished second or third in the Bundesliga. And UEFA made an exception. So that rule is probably, mm. once you have precedence, it tends to kind of go. So that'll probably happen. happen. But we don't that. have that rule in the rugby yeah. because it's never happened. It doesn't attract the, the high earners. I think, like, on the general, mm. kind of rugby fans probably are more affluent. But on average, I suppose, but ownership is, is yeah more modest wealth than, than football. So never experienced this before. Um, mm. But it is, it is a very yeah, valid Interesting point. times with it. Um, definitely. It's like, mm. obviously, the center of excellence that they want to create in Saudi and stuff like that to, to grow the game. It's, it's a great idea in theory, but is, is that a country that is just soccer mad that it's going to be hard to crack anyway like to get kids mm. to play and and the other side then is do you end up in a like a China situation where you're doping kids from an early age for different sports to try and be the best you know it's like it, there's a a multitude of what ifs and you know with it it's like um, would it would it be good to see a Saudi Arabia team in thirty years at a World Cup, like more teams? Yeah, like it, it, you know, it will for the right reasons, well, of course. You know, probably. um, yeah, it's like yeah. if anyone was going to dope and should should do well, it's the US, but they just haven't cracked it yet. <laughs> no. Mainly because they try and recruit mm. NFL players, the hand-eye coordination, basketball players. And yeah, that's that's a yeah. You'd and size, probably get a good pool of players from uh, college that the sub the sub six sixes that. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Look, if people of that size, yeah, that move that quick in short distances. And turn and go back with hand-eye coordination should take up the world at this stage mate to be honest but look we digress uh, as the fella says finally this weekend's much so no major surprise here what I've what I've gone for uh, Six Nations is back and what a game to whet the appetite uh, in the opening night and it's France versus Ireland uh, 8 o'clock kickoff on Virgin Media 1 I think Um one of the Virgin Media channels anyway. Uh, yeah, it's uh, France without DuPont and Sec- and Ireland without Sexton. It's going to be an interesting game. The- yeah, interesting. Yeah. And look, Six Nations is back. Six Nations is glorious for the simple fact yeah. of, I maintain this every year, it starts and it's winter. And it ends and it's kind of late spring. And it kind of just brings you through. Um. And that's what's special with the Six Nations. Mine is probably teeing myself up for absolute agony, but why not? Arsenal versus Liverpool Sunday, four to the second. Sky Sports main event plus Premier League plus all the, the Sky Sports channels at half four. It is Super Sunday. I have a bank holiday Sunday. So thankfully I'll have a day off work to recover from what could be a schlack in the way Liverpool are going. I'm not overly positive, but yeah, look, I think it's, it's a key matchup. 
in the title race. So, yeah, look, as well as biased, I'm going to be watching anyway as an Arsenal fan. So, that was my yeah, pick. Good show. Anyway. There's plenty uh, else on, by the way. So, enjoy your weekends. That should take you through. Enjoy the bank holiday weekend. Me. That's all from me. Thank you and good night.